everybody out there and welcome to the next edition of Situation Awareness and Your Safety. I am honored today to have a former NFL player and I'll tell you what, this guy is, is so involved with so many things to include a motion picture. I'm just so excited to have him on today. Mark Patterson, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, Mark, take a few minutes and tell those listening today a little bit about yourself. Well, I think there's a lot in there, you know, I'm almost 60 now, so it, it's hard for me to think about it that way. And, and life seems like it's flown by, but I'm a former NFL player, like you said, I've just now finished finally climbing the seven summits. It actually took me nine years to climb the seven, the seven summits are the highest peaks on each continent. My last one was Mount Everest. I got off about three months ago. I summited uh, May 23rd incredible. Almost lost my life up there, but I was able to get back down safely at the end of the day. And kind of through this whole journey, I have been involved in raising money for my daughter, Amelia, campaign called Amelia's Everest, which goes to a, a nonprofit here in Sun Valley called Higher Ground, really help empower other people to become the best that they can be based on whatever the situation that they have. And so that's that's really been an amazing journey for me to be able to get into something post my NFL career, like mountain climbing. The reason why I got into that is because of some personal things I was going through at the time. I was at a low point and to find clarity and healing in the mountains, in nature, and then to turn around and really with turn your passion into purpose by giving back to so many. And then out of the blue earlier this year, I guess it would be I was contacted by the NFL and they wanted to do a film. They'd heard bits and pieces about my story and they wanted to do a film. So that just literally got released a few days ago. It was on the NFL channel last night, the big premiere. I'm sure it will be on YouTube and other places like that. So we're essentially at the 1st of October. So people who want to check that out, it's called Searching for the Summit. And again, it's just another, it was never intentional at all to have a film made about me. But the benefits of being able to pay it forward and make a lot of mentions and have my daughters tied in to that in the film and also mentioning Amelia's Everest within that has been remarkable. So my day-to-day is with Sports Illustrated. That's how I monetize my life. People say, you've got a big social platform. you got this movie and other things. You must be rich. <laughs> all these things I've done, climbing mountains around the world and all the other things I'm involved in, they all cost me money. And so I'm able and very blessed to work in Sun Valley, Idaho and monetize my life so I can do these other things I love to do. Well, that is awesome. And, and I'm sure everybody listening can hear the passion in your voice. So passion to purpose, I love it. My bride really outlined why I do what I do about five years ago. Because when I retired, I went to work for a defense contractor like a lot of folks did. It wasn't for me. She hit the nail on the head. I have to have a mission, just like when I was in the Air Force. That's my passion is towards that mission. So I say it a little bit differently, but it's exactly what you're talking about. So for everybody listening, I'm, I'm sure just from that short introduction, you f- did find out that Mark works from sunup to sundown weekends because he's not only working Sports Illustrated and what's paying the bills, and he's passionate about that as well, but he's really passionate about what he's doing for his daughter and, and the climbs and all those types of things. So for about the next 15 minutes, Mark, what I'd like to do, since this program is about situation awareness, mm-hmm. talk about that passion a little bit, but let's look for a few examples of how whether it was playing football or on the climb of Kilimanjaro, where you really had to make sure that you had well-attuned situation awareness and and maybe some examples of how that really helped you. You said coming down the mountain, you were happy that you made it and that you lived. Mm. Were there a couple of examples where situation awareness really was the key thing that kept you alive and, and allowed you to continue the climb and make it down safe? 
Yeah. And I'll answer that in just a second, but because I want to do want to go back to kind of where it all started with my, my football playing career. And I think that's a great word that you use, situational awareness. So many people get in the moment of just that moment. And sometimes they can get caught up in that moment. So they can't think, you know, and really step up to 30,000 feet and be thinking more in terms of a macro level of all the different components around you that are going on. When I was playing college ball at the University of Washington, it was big time. Every game was sold out. And in those days, we were always ranked in the top 20. Um, my senior year, we were ranked number one for most of the, the year. I really didn't start playing until my third year. So many times, and I, I see this across the board in so many things that happen in business and life, in my case, mountain climbing, where you let situations like running out on the field and playing a big, glorious program like USC or Michigan or some of these other big-time programs and you get so caught up in the moment that you can't really concentrate on the task at hand. And so I think it, it really helped for me to not have that immediate satisfaction of being able to play out in the field. You know, from the time I was a freshman, a lot of times that's the case today with so many athletes. And you're really having to sit and wait my turn. And as I did, those situations of being in sellouts, running out of the tunnel, having the fans go crazy, slowly getting onto the field, and by the time I actually got there, it literally felt like I could drop a pin and hear it in the stadium because I was so just zeroed in on only the task at hand and what was going on on the field. Being able, I was a wide receiver, so being able to read the defense and look out there and seeing what's happening. And a lot of times the quarterback's converting routes based on situations that are happening real time. You're supposed to run a 15-yard hook route or something, but the, the safety will roll up the corner will roll up. And so that turns into a corner route or something. And so it's constantly being aware. And the biggest thing too, and this also applies when I went into the NFL, which is being able to slow everything down to slow motion. And by doing that, you can see the things going around you and you're able to react to them in a much more calm way. And so you don't freak out. I played it in Michigan, hundred and played in the two Rose Bowls, played in the Orange Bowl. I mean, those are hundred thousand plus fans in the stadium, not to mention everybody on TV. And a lot of times people will get caught up in those moments and their focus is so much about the fans and the television and the attention and what happens if I drop the ball. And they get into so much of that that you're not like, what are you actually out there to do? And that's the main focus. As we transition that into the mountain for your question, that really came into play. And just like the mountain climbing or the NFL, you know, you don't go from little league to the NFL in one jump, right? You take these little iteration steps as you make your way all the way up. And with mountain climbing, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, a lot of mountains up there, a lot of uh, ranges. And I really cut my teeth on a lot of mountains up in the Cascades. Nothing spectacular with exception of Mount Rainier. It's a 14,500 peak. But over these last decade in particular, where I was really starting to take on the big boys, Every mountain as I went around the globe, the game kept increasing based on the difficulty in what I had to learn. So by the time I got to Mount Everest, I had a clear resume of accomplishments, meaning mountains that I had actually tackled. I've been across ladders. I've dealt with crevasses. I knew how to tell myself in to arrest myself in case falling avalanches coming down, things like that. And so on Mount Everest, on May 23rd, you know, I woke up. It was a crazy night. We had 45 mile per hour winds blowing on us, going left to right. I ended up blind, snow blind in my left eye. 
I hadn't eaten in three days because we were caught in the cyclone. Couldn't get out of my tent for three days. It was awful. And by the time I got going, uh, you know, 1230 in the morning, I really had no energy. And then trying to get up to the mountain, finally getting to the top, you would think there'd be this tremendous elation. And the only thing I could think of, again, situational awareness, I was standing on the, I was actually the last person on Mount Everest on May 23rd. And I'm standing up there. My Sherpa had left me. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get back. And the only thing I could think about is make sure you clip in, just clip in and secure the rope, clip in. And whatever you do, don't stop. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving and don't lay down because that will be it. And as you're doing this, you're stepping over a bunch of dead bodies. The situation of, I knew I was in dire shape. I knew I couldn't see. I knew as I was going down, I ran out of oxygen. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but this is not the day Mark dies. And so for that, I need to really concentrate at the task at hand, just like I was playing in football, like some of my successes in, 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 in business, and just like Mount Everest of successfully actually getting off that, that mountain. Wow. So what I read out of all that, it's General Eisenhower said that plans are important, but it's continuous planning. It's doing things over and over again and thinking about what would I do in this situation? That's what gives us the ability to have that calmness. Like you talked about when you were in the NFL, that you were having the ability to do that. That's amazing. Just the way that you share that information. And those are just two examples from your football career, where it was that continuous muscle memory. And also I loved where you said that for the first two years, your freshman and sophomore year, you did not waste that time just sitting on the sidelines. You paid attention, you learned, you soaked it all in. You continually were thinking about, okay, when I get in the game here, when it's my turn, I'm preparing for that. Just like you said, when you were to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, you used all of that prior experience on Mount Rainier and all the other six peaks that you used to prepare yourself so that you'd have that awareness when you were climbing. So that's really awesome. I think one of the things in all that too, which is, I think like sometimes when people hear a podcast like this and they'll look at my story and it looks, it looks shiny as a resume, as a piece of paper, it looks shiny. The one thing that I really want to sell is I had a lot of hard times. I went through a lot of dark days at the University of Washington. So even though those first three years, when you go from being the star of the high school football team to being the bench warmer and not knowing if you're ever going to play, the biggest key, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway that I had is that I recognized that by following my head coach at the time was Don James, who would later become a Hall of Fame coach. He had a blueprint. And if you follow this blueprint, you could put yourself in a position of success. And even though I did A, that didn't necessarily mean that it was going to equal B. In other words, there was absolutely no certainty that these things were going to happen. Just like in the mountains, I didn't know I was going to be in a, a cyclone. I didn't know I was going to lose my, my left eye. I didn't know I was going to run out of oxygen. I didn't know I be, wouldn't be eating for three days. I didn't know that my crampon would fall off going up one of the ice walls on final approach going up. But all this preparation puts you in a position to succeed so that when your number does call, which it was, I was able to perform at the highest level when my best was required. And that's really what John Wooden talks about. Be at your best when your best is required, but you can't be at your best when your best is required if you haven't put in the work. Right. And so the dark times, even this uh, in 2020, I was supposed to go to Mount Everest, Right. And then if we all go back and we all remember what happened in March of 2020, which I live in Idaho, packed my bags in my car, drove to California so I could see my daughters and then leave from LAX. And I was all ready to go 
all set, passport in hand. And on the roughly the 25th of March of 2020, the whole world shut down because of COVID. So after training and training, and this was the epitome of all goals to hit literally the tallest mountain in the world and to go there, I had to punt and like reset my mind, like a major disappointment. Like, how do you do this? And so I just reset and I looked at it as an opportunity to get better. And at the end of the day, you just got to be, do your best and give it your all. And that's how you can ask And If good things come out of it, then that's great. And if they don't come out of it, but at least you've done your job so that again, you can get back to that word situational awareness so that you can understand what direction you need to go without a complete meltdown. Oh, I love that. That's an amazing lesson for anybody that's that's listening to this, especially the younger folks that may be listening. People like you, people like myself, people, other people, especially our age, we didn't wake up one morning and here we are. <laughs> we had more failures during our careers and we did successes, but the reason we were successful is we got up, we learned from it. One of the 10 critical skills we teach is learning agility. So you learn from your mistakes you vow not to do those mistakes again. You fit, you focus on how you pivot, how you move forward. And then that's what makes you successful. I, I saw a meme yesterday that there's uh, arrows coming down and one's to failure, one's to success. Like that's the only choice you have where it really goes success, failure, 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 success, failure, success, failure. And that's the process. That's put, like you said, that's putting in the, in the hard work. So can I just say something because you said something That to me resonates a lot. It's really brilliant, which is that word pivot. I think one of the things, and I don't know why this is exactly, but like if I look back and somebody would say, Mark, what have you learned out of this journey? Right. When I was so stuck and I didn't know where I was going, my marriage was failing and all this other stuff. I think being able to, number one, it's another word for pivot, but part of that is stepping into the fear. And I was at one time too, are so fearful of letting go. And sometimes at the end of the day, that's the best thing you can do. And then going to step into something. And then when you pivot, the follow-up board, at least for me, has been, in, you know, if I were to say, you know, Mark, if you look back, what are some of the things that have helped make you successful? If that once I pivot and when I have a, a new focus, like where I'm going, then you got to attack that new thing with daily discipline. And I think really at the end of the day, with the, the only difference between some of my success was, and then you have to go climb out Everest to play in the NFL, but you can have any kind of level, be an Air Force pilot, a doctor, a gym owner, or, you know, whatever that thing is. But once you have that daily discipline, you got to commit to it. And you see this time and again, right, with New Year's resolutions. And in December, here they go. Everybody's writing them down. And by March, they're out the window. I love that word pivot. And while you're pivoting, making sure that you go and you don't give up because there's obstacles all along the line. Well, and you just listed one of the main reasons why the Paradis Group has designed our programs the way we have. You know, I use the example of New Year's resolutions all the time because it takes 21 days to establish a new habit and 90 days to establish that new behavior. That's why the traditional training for safety and situation awareness has not worked for over 50 years. I've got Einstein's definition of insanity over my shoulder, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So that's why we use micro e-learning so that they learn a process and they practice it everywhere they go every single day. And then it becomes so routine that you don't even know you're doing it, but you're in a state of general preparedness and you're ready to deal with whatever is out there. And that doesn't just apply to safety. That applies to your mental health and it applies to being a good leader, being a good parent, being a good spouse. So all of that ties together. So so Mark, please remind everybody the movie that just came out 
and where they can go and watch it. Cause I know I am, and I'm going to make sure it, that I get that link out and I get it out on my network. So remind us again about the movie. Any current update that's going on can happen on my website, markpattisonnfl.com. That's easy to find them all over Google. That's number one. Number two is the premiere just featured last night, which was the 28th of September. And I'm told that it's going to be put out on YouTube or Facebook. So I haven't seen that link yet, but as soon as I have it, I will put it up on my, my website and then we'll go from there. And the name of the movie one more time? Searching for the Summit. That is awesome. Well, I can't wait to, to watch it. I feel blessed to have an opportunity to have met you a few weeks ago and now to have you on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to us collaborating to get perhaps situation awareness programs out there or, or how I can help you in, in your endeavors. Because the ultimate mission of the Paradis Group is to empower people to take responsibility for their own safety. Then collectively, we take responsibility for the safety of our communities with the goal to be to change the trajectory of all the threats that we've got that are going on in our country and turn that around 180 degrees. So 10 or 15 years from now, instead of only one in seven people today having situation awareness, we have six out of seven people and we're making a huge difference. So Mark, thanks again for being on the podcast. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. You know, you really have things figured out. I love your wording. It's powerful and keep at it. You're on the right track. Thanks, Mark. Everybody, thanks for being on. And I will see you the next time on the Situation Awareness and Your Safety Podcast. I'm Brian Searcy. We'll talk to you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.